Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents, I'm Jonathan Mitchell. New Zealand's key export dairy is under pressure with lacklustre Chinese demand forcing Fonterra to lower the forecast payout. So Dollars and Cents questions what that means for farmers, exporters and the economy this month. With us is Westpac economist Nathan Penny, dairy consultant Stu Davison and Federated Farmers Dairy Chair Richard McIntyre. First to you, Richard, I guess what's happening on farm right now? Look, so farmers are really busy at the moment. Um, most of most of them are either in the thick of carving or just sort of getting towards the end of it. And you know, we've had some pretty difficult weather conditions on farm. There's there's been a lot of rain in some regions, and so farmers have been kind of, I guess, trudging around in some pretty soggy paddocks. Um, you know, having doing some really long hours, and sort of trying to trying to decide how best to to get through um, what's going to be a difficult year with the downgrade in in the milk prices at the moment. Yeah, for you personally, you're a, a dairy farmer in Levin. What, what's happening on your farm? So we're just we're just about at the end of carving, um, so that I'm starting to have a little bit more time in my day, which is great. Um, yeah, you know, the sun's shining. We've had a week of fine weather, which is really good as well, and it sort of lifts the spirits. Um, had a chance to reflect on um, on the downgrade in milk price and, and have a look at what that looks like in the in the cash flow and sort of start to look at what we can do to, to cut a few costs without going going too crazy and, and sabotaging subsequent seasons. You've you've especially noticed Fonterra in the last month come out a couple of times and revise its forecast. Uh, what active plans are you making now? So we've, we're looking at the um, at the cropping that we're doing on farm and saying, do we need to be doing as much as we need to? Um, because you know, the, within cropping, there's there's obviously the the feed component and the shifting of feed from one season to another, but there's also the regrassing side of that, which improves pastures going forwards. And so, we're, so we're making sure we've got the feed supply that we need to, and we're not going over and above. Um, we're looking at our breeding expenses. We've got a few sort of nice to haves. Um, what we're doing genomic testing. We have been doing genomic testing on our heifers. Um, we're going to drop that this year and just do um, just do DNA testing on them. Um, we're going to do a little bit less sex semen, um, which is quite a big cost. There's advantage to it, but it's more of a nice to have. So we'll cut a few costs out like that. Um, and also having some really good conversations with the bank just to keep them up to date with, with where, we're, where we're tracking, what we think our cash flow requirements are going to be, and making sure they understand that we're, we're taking a measured approach to this. Um, so Stu Davison, we hear a lot about the break-even range. Is every farmer's break-even the same? No, definitely not. So uh, across the country, we definitely have quite a few different production systems uh, from the Waikato and Northland being two different uh, within the same island, but also between islands. So Canterbury is a very different system as well, very grass-based, irrigation-based, and very high um, production and efficiency too. So there's a range of um, production systems and inherent costs associated with those systems too. So a real broad uh, dynamic there to understand and, and um, one to understand for what the break-even milk price means across the country too. Mm. If farmers don't hit break even, what does that mean? That means another. Uh, it means going backwards in debt, basically. So um, to keep the business alive, usually means taking on more debt, um, or in the worst case, selling uh, assets, liquid assets that are available. Um, either way, it's it's not a good story for the business, but usually a step backwards that takes a few years to recover from. Now that farmers have had an indication from Frontera about where the, the forecast payout is, what are they doing right now? As uh, Richard mentioned, he's looking at costs, but what are they doing to uh, obviously bring down debt? Yeah, well, bringing down debt is probably not an option in terms of the season. Uh, a lot of farmers, even months ago, before these last two milk price um, announcements happened, 
basically started pulling all the levers they could. So that include uh, changing their loans to interest only, um, looking where they can and uh, tighten up those costs and um, change the budget as quickly as they can. So uh, every lever has been pulled as far as I'm concerned from the farmers in New Zealand, um, trying to battle down their costs as quickly as they can. So um, it's multifaceted and then also includes things like pulling out um, supplement feed, looking to produce less milk in a, in a uh, aim to you know reduce costs to some more extreme um, measures in terms of reducing staff numbers and um, not investing in things on farm as well such as motorbikes or machinery R&M those sort of things so real cost savings as best they can. And that has a broader economic effect beyond the farm gate? Definitely yeah a very large economic um, impact for New Zealand as a whole you know dairy is one of our key export um, earners and, and usually is our biggest earner most likely still will be, but the impact is uh, needs to be measured by the economy locally as well. So, you know, every dollar a, a Kiwi farmer earns is, is usually pushed push back into the economy one way or another, um, and the multiplier effect is, is quite pronounced within New Zealand. These cost savings farmers are making is it's going to hurt the economies both, you know, locally and, and countrywide, um, and it's not something we're going to understand fully until we get that final wash-up from Fonterra in September 24. Uh, Nathan Penny, is the downside risk to the forecast, do you think? I think um, if we're looking at, at Fonterra's um, own forecast, you know, for the la- last few seasons they've helpfully been giving us a range. The range now is, what, $6 um, at the bottom end up to $7.50, um, <clears throat> and that means, you know, a midpoint of six seventy-five. The short answer to your question is there there is um, there is some downside if you look at where the, where markets are at right now. So roughly speaking, you know, if you took the last auction and and um, exchange rates as they stand, um, that would equate to a, a milk price of around six dollars. So that's you know at the bottom end of Fonterra's range. Most people are expecting some sort of recovery, price recovery over the season, um, but increasingly everyone is 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 factoring that in to be later, um, and perhaps not as strong as people had, had expected earlier. Um, but the key thing there is, you know, it is the timing of that. Any recovery is is highly uncertain. So there is ongoing downside risks. Um, the one probably uh, helpful factor in the mix at the moment, probably adding adding upside um, to a degree at least, is is the New Zealand dollar. So, you know, it's been tracking below 60 cents um, over recent weeks. So that, that, is, that is obviously helpful, you know, helping the milk price head the other way to a small degree. And Nathan, is China the only country to be watching with interest in the dairy downturn or are there other countries to monitor as well in terms of demand? Yeah, I mean, the, obviously, China's the the first and, and and most important market for New Zealand. So, we we and, and it has been the market that has been um, yeah showing some some signs of weakness for for quite some time now. And and we had earlier in the year um, expected yeah you know, a rebound in the Chinese economy, um, much like the rebounds we saw in other economies post their COVID lockdowns. Um, you know, here in New Zealand, um, it was almost as, as simple as the lights were turned off in our economy during during the lockdown, lockdowns and then essentially turned back on as we came out of lockdowns and New Zealanders really, really enjoyed themselves and in, in their, their new freedoms and, and spent uh, on the back of that. The same, the same sort of rebound hasn't been seen in China yet and there's a number of reasons for that um, <clears throat> and we do expect some some rebound to eventually come through, but it has been quite a surprise at how how muted and in, in, indeed how weak the Chinese economy has been post um, lifting of its lockdown restrictions. You know, towards the end of last year.
Richard, what are you telling farmers to do right now? Um, first of all, concentrate on getting the basics right. You know, it doesn't cost much to follow good farming practice. Um, so, you know, have conversations with your staff and make sure staff understand, you know, I guess the gravity of the situation financially and, and make sure that everyone is pointing the same direction in terms of just following good farm pr- practice, getting the basics right. And then a little bit like I was saying earlier, take a measured approach to cutting costs and understand that, um, that there are some costs that you can cut that won't have an effect on um, profitability going forwards. But then there are others that you know where you incur the incur the cost this year, um, but but incur the benefit um, or receive the benefit in subsequent years, and making sure that that's understood. So that if 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 there is an all-out drive to cut farm working expenses, you know, due to I guess pressure from the bank or something like that, um, then the bank needs to understand that you know some of these some of these costs that will be cut will actually have some um, some downstream effects on, on business profitability. So, you know, take a real measured approach, get trusted advisors around you, the farm advisor, bank manager, accountant, et cetera, and make sure that, um, yeah, make sure that there's a measured approach taken to, um, to getting through this. Mm. Yourself and your other industry counterparts have obviously been through highs and lows before. Uh, are you thinking that, this downturn won't be as bad as previous years and farmers will be able to stay in the game? Look, certainly hoping so. You know, one of the things that we're really encouraging the banks to do here is to take a to take a longer term view of the viability of farming businesses. You know, farming we we will obviously talk about it as being a seasonal system. You know, and, and biologically it is, but from a farming business point of view, it's really a, five, a three to five year game. By the time you've been through some high and low commodity prices, the odd drought or, or, or wet winter, um, and and some high interest rates, etc. And so, you know, profitability needs to be met. Um, needs to be measured um, across a, a longer period than just a single season. And so we're encouraging banks to do that. Yeah, look, from from a Westpac point of view, um, you know, we're, we're well on board with that. You know, we are looking through this cycle. Um, you know, we're quite aware that we that agriculture is is a cyclical business, and and you know, farmers and bankers have have good experience of previous downturns. So we so we sort of know what to expect. We know what levers farmers can pull, and and we're having those conversations and being po- quite pragmatic, if you like, around what farmers um, can do uh, within reason and you know what where they don't want to cut into the muscle say you know we're, we're, we're fully on board with that because we do do know the long-term prospects for farming are still positive and so we want farmers to continue to farm beyond this cycle and so in that sense you know from a Westpac point of view we are thinking along those lines and we are backing our farmers to to manage through this cyclical downturn. To bring a, a completely different view on that in terms of the long term it's the the, the risk of how long the depression in the commodity price is actually going to run for is the question here as well. So it's the um, looking into the macroeconomics of the world at the moment and, and weighing up uh, where we where we see things going in the long term. China's definitely uh, economically in a, in a bad spot at the moment. And I think every week of news coming out of China at the moment is getting worse and worse. So, um, you know, splitting bets on where we see demand returning is, is the hard one at the moment. And we... You know, six months. Um, you know, the first six months of this year, there was an expectation that China would return in the second half of 23, which has been 
proven wrong already this year. Um, the bets are now moving to the free trade agreement, providing some support to prices coming back sooner. Um, but that's been met with pessimism around uh, the, the lack of demand in China as it is. So um, from a, from the farm gate perspective, it's actually potentially a, a longer term thing than um, a lot of communications happening in the market right now. And, and from that perspective, it's really making sure that communications get into the ground on that front and saying, you know, buckle down for this season, but this might last a bit longer than expected. And don't expect milk prices to go back to a, to a nine or above. Um, you know, the, the drag high is going to be slower in any commodity cycle. Um, and it's a, it's a deal with the long term um, and get ready for it. So we should be taking Reserve Bank forecasts that dairy prices will climb next year with uh, some scepticism. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's, and, and and let's be honest here, forecasters always should always be taken with scepticism. Um, you know, we we all forecast in our own um, way and model in our own direction, but um, our model is only as good as the data we put into it and the expectations we put around it too. So, um, you know, humans are naturally quite optimistic, and we always are as as the market, but. Um, taking the shades off and actually having a look into the world market and, and seeing the, the fear in the market for what it is and, and understanding this could be worse than we expect is quite likely. Um, and just making sure that we're, you know, we're balancing our expectations too. Um, you know, we've seen the Reserve Bank move its forecast and other factors as well this year as well. Um, let's take, you know, OCR and um, everything else as well as one of their forecasts and, and just measure that those forecasts can move pretty quickly. Um, I wouldn't put too much, uh, you know, faith in just one forecast, put it that way. Stu Davis and Richard McIntyre and Nathan Penny, thanks for your time. Thanks, Cheers. guys.